Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. If you're listening to this episode, I appreciate you very much. It is my comeback episode. I haven't made an episode since before the Super Bowl, actually, so it's been about a month. It feels very good to be back. There's a lot going on in the NFL between free agency extensions. There's some trades going on, people getting franchise tagged. We're going to dive into all the most important parts of it. I'm also going to go over part of a mock draft if I have some time with it, if I don't run out of time. If not, I'll just save it for a future episode. No worries at all there. But I hope you guys are excited to be back with me. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very excited to get going again. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do in the future, what my schedule is going to be. I have a feeling I'll just be uploading every Wednesday um, until I get into a better schedule, into a, a better feel of it all. Um, of course, there's still NBA games to talk about, and I haven't spent much time doing that. So maybe once the playoffs come around, I'll really you know switch up and talk more about that. Maybe I'll talk about some March Madness on here. I don't really know. It's my podcast, so obviously I can do whatever I want with it. I could even sit here and talk about Batman for you know half an hour because that movie was fucking fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, regardless, this isn't. A Batman podcast. This isn't about reviewing films. This is professional sports talk, as you guys all know it. Um, let's just jump straight into it. Obviously, there's some really big news, especially on the quarterback side of things. Um, I guess we can talk about Aaron Rodgers because, you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still a big deal. It's still a lot of people wondering what was going to go down with that. And it's finally official what has happened. Well, somewhat official it sounds like there's some you know miscommunication between what his actual deal was and what was reported but we'll get into that all in a little bit so anyways let's just start there um i'll pull this band-aid off first because you know being a bears fan i'm obviously not happy about this um we all know he still owns the bears we all know he's still going to terrorize the bears for the next four years and um yeah i guess i just have to let some steam out because I was extremely annoyed at this news. I was really hoping he'd get out of Green Bay. And if you know me, you know I was really worried that this was going to end up being what he, what happened, what he was going to end up doing. Um, and I think, I mean, the reasons are just definitely. The NFC is extremely weak as a whole, especially compared to the AFC. Obviously, he was being uh, connected to the Broncos in a lot of ways for good reason. And now they have their own franchise quarterback there which i'll talk about in a second um we all know who it is russell wilson going to denver regardless the nfc is still extremely weak he's still going to be the top dog in the nfc north in particular and the nfc has honestly gotten weaker with the departure of russell wilson with tom brady retiring or maybe not retiring but retiring for now um the rams should be a little bit worse the niners don't really have a quarterback set in stone for next year. It's could be Jimmy Garoppolo again. Maybe they're moving on to Trey Lance. Regardless, the NFC as a whole, like I just said, is a lot weaker than the AFC. I don't really think that's a hot take or there's not much debate to that. The AFC is just much deeper. Um, and I have a feeling it will be that, that way next year as well. Um, also, being a free agent, Aaron Rodgers, that was... Uh, he had all the leverage to get as much money as he wanted. So, you know, being a good businessman, it's being reported that the deal is supposed to be a four-year deal worth over $200 million or around $200 million. $158 million of that are fully guaranteed. And um, now it seems like he's going to retire a Packer unless anything drastic happens over, you know, the next few months, few years, whatever it may be. 
um, the Packers were already very much up against the cap. And I imagine they have to be cutting a few players in the next few weeks just to make this deal work out. But that's if this deal is actually true. Uh, after Russell Wilson was announced that he was going to the Broncos, Aaron Rodgers came out and said that the contract details weren't fully accurate, that it wasn't actually $200 million, that he was confirmed, basically confirming that he was going to come back to the Packers, but that the deal hadn't fully been worked out yet. I don't know what's to, what to make of that. I'm just going to go with the numbers we have now. Um, and I mean, judging off the numbers we have right now, he'd be the highest payer in the league by quite a bit um, in the history of the league for that matter. And um, I don't know. I Part of me wants to think that, you know, I want to buy into that narrative that he just wants the spotlight back on him and that's why he's saying these things and this deal is actually true but who knows um either way you guys know i don't like aaron Rodgers at all um i'm extremely biased in that fact being a bears fan and watching him pick on my team for literally my entire life but regardless i don't really know what to think of it so until i hear more information there i'm just going to kind of you know assume that he's getting paid 200 million dollars over the next four years is the highest payer paid player in the history of the league and you know, I that's just good business if that's the case. He he played his cards right. Um, but again, I think if you really want to win a championship, you need to take a little bit of a pay cut. They're so up against the cap. And I, like I just said, if they're already up against the cap and they're going to pay him this huge, absurd amount of money, they will be having to cut a few players. They will have to make a lot of adjustments to get under the cap. And it's going to be a lot harder to build a championship roster around him. I'll just say that. I also imagine that with him coming back, I feel like he has to have more of a presence in personnel decisions. I would be shocked, or excuse me, I would be shocked if they don't take a receiver. Uh, they have the 28th overall pick. Someone like Sky Moore, Johan Dotson, George Pickens could be there. I really think one of those guys is going to end up going there. Um, if I get to my mock draft later, You'll see which one I think will land there because I do think it'll be one of those three guys. Regardless, again, bias aside, or maybe not aside because I can't really help it, I would have loved to see him in Tampa Bay. Um, the Cowboys, again, going to be really, really cap tight for the rest of the time he has here. Um, and yeah, I just really didn't like the way he went about this contract. He's clearly very smart. He used his leverage very well, but I just he seems like such a diva and again i'm just salty as hell so whatever i'm a bears fan take it as you want i hate that he's coming back to green bay but it's confirmed he's coming back to green bay probably gonna end his career there and who knows maybe he can add another super bowl to his legacy i doubt it but whatever the nfc is a lot weaker this year so if there's a year to do it maybe he could do it this year but we've been saying that for the last decade whatever let's move on to the next big quarterback announcement or move if you, if you want to call it that well i guess it was a move russell wilson going to denver let's start with the details denver gave up a fucking haul to get this guy they gave up two first round picks noah fant shelby harris drew Locke, and two second round picks so Man, they gave up an arm and a leg for this guy. Um, I don't really blame them. I mean, obviously, they're a very good roster. Uh, their division is going to be extremely tough, but I'll get into all that in a second. Drew Locke gets a fresh start. Maybe he'll be given a second chance at a starting job. Maybe Seattle turns that number nine overall pick that they just got from this trade into a quarterback, whether it be Kenny Pickett, 
Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, if he ends up falling that far, which I don't really think he will. I think he goes to the Panthers at number six. Well, I guess I'm spoiling my mock draft for you guys, but there you go. That's one preview pick. I think he's going to end up at number six to the Panthers. Uh, but if Malik doesn't get taken there and he ends up falling to them at nine, I think that'd be a no-brainer pick for them. Um, reports are they're shopping Tyler Lockett, looking for a trade partner for him. They've already released former All-Pro linebacker Bobby Wagner. So very clear it's a full rebuild here in Seattle. Um, I really like this move a lot from Seattle's point of view. It sets them very nicely. It sets them up very nicely. Pardon me for the future. Uh, they can turn those two picks into immediate contributors. Uh, maybe again, even turn that number nine pick into a QB. From the Broncos' point of view, they get their franchise quarterback. He has a lot of weapons to play with as well. Uh, but from a division standpoint, this should be one of the most competitive divisions in the league. So get your popcorn ready because the quarterbacks and the talent in this division are just so ridiculous. I mean, just looking at the quarterbacks, you could argue that each and every single quarterback, all four of them in this division are arguably top 10 at their position. Um, and on that note, Poor Derek Carr. I mean, you could argue if Derek Carr was in the NFC South, AFC South, even the NFC East, he'd likely be the best quarterback in those divisions. And I don't think it's that close. Um, but regardless, it's going to be extremely fun to watch. Uh, watching Mahomes and Wilson go at it twice a year. Watching Wilson and Herbert go at it twice a year. And then, of course, Derek Carr and his Las Vegas Raiders, who hopefully will get another receiver in this year's draft. It should be a firework show. It should be very, very fun to watch. And I'm, I mean, I'm just here for it. Uh, again, Broncos gave up an absolute haul. They're going to hope that they can hit some of their later draft picks and just continue to build around Wilson. But regardless, they have a very, very good roster. It's sounding like they're going to get Von Miller back. I don't know if you guys have heard those rumors. Um, well, they're not even rumors. He, he basically just... He basically confirmed that he wants to go back to the Broncos. It's going to be whether or not. It's basically, it's all up to the Broncos at this point is what I'm trying to say. It's going to be up to how much they want to pay him, if he'll accept it. Um, it's sounding like he is very eager to get back there, and I don't really see a situation where that doesn't happen. Um, sticking with the competition in this division itself, uh, the Chargers have tons of cap space. They could upgrade significantly through free agency. Guys like J.C. Jackson are being connected to him. That would be an excellent move for him. Hassan Reddick is being connected to them. Uh, maybe even a guy like Bobby Wagner could end up there. But again, I really think he ends up going to Denver to join his old buddy Russell Wilson there. And I think that'd be a great fit. But I'm kind of spoiling that. I'll talk about the rest of that later. Personally, I don't think the Broncos should be favored to win this division. Um even after this trade, they might still be the third best team in their division. There might be a little bit of growing pains there with Wilson. But regardless, for the future, you've got your guy going forward for at least some t some amount of time. You know, I, I think there's two years left on his deal. I imagine he's going to extend with them after that if things go well. And I can't imagine them, you know, f you know, crashing and burning. I don't think they're going to be bad by any means. Um, but again, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens within this division. It's going to be really interesting to see where they place. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be a playoff team if everything goes right and what Russell can stay Russell if Russell can stay healthy, excuse me. <laughs> um, but again, it's just such a competitive division. It's going to be very inter interesting to see what they do. Um, and don't get me wrong, I don't blame them for making this trade at all. I think it was a good trade for both sides. Um, I think Seattle 
is obviously better set up for the future. And maybe I'll feel more confident about the Broncos in August after they've added some, you know, depending on who they draft, depending on who they've added in free agency besides Russell. Um, and then we'll take it from there. We'll, we'll talk about it once we get there. So another element of breaking news, I guess, from the quarterback position. As of today, actually, Carson Wentz is going to the Washington Commanders. So the Colts are getting two third-round picks, um, and they're swapping second-round picks, I believe it was, and then one of those picks going to the Colts can turn into a second-rounder if Carson starts, I believe, 70% of the snaps. So I understand this move a lot more for the Commanders than I do the Colts. I mean, I still get why the Colts did it in a way, but it really just sounds like the Colts, you know, want anyone at their quarterback position besides Carson. And in that way, I don't really understand because, I mean, the Commanders upgrade a quarterback, right? Right, excuse me. And I think they're likely to take another weapon in this year's draft, such as Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, or in my opinion, the best fit for out of all these guys would be Drake London um, because Drake London is my first choice because Drake London is very similar to Michael Pittman and Wentz showed a lot of success when he was throwing towards Michael Pittman. They're very similar receivers, big body guys that just, you know, play basketball out there, box you out, catch it at the high point where you don't even have a chance to break it up or put your hands on the ball at all. Um, but regardless, I think they go in that direction in the draft. Again, spoiling one of my picks for this mock draft. Uh, this mock draft's you know going to be so interesting. But I hope you get there. Regardless, uh, the Colts now have to address quarterback, and they don't have a first round pick this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see who they pursue, what they do. Because at least to me, there are no clear upgrades out there. I mean, seriously, without a first round pick, who are you really going to get? Are they going to go after Mitchell Trubisky? Are they going to re-sign? Ryan Fitzpatrick, are they going to go after, I guess not re-sign because this is the Colts. Are they going to take Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Commanders, do a little like unintentional trade swap, whatever you want to call it? Uh, are they going to go after a guy like Jameis Winston? Are they going to make a move after a guy like Jordan Love, uh, maybe Marcus Mariota? I just don't really see an immediate fix as far as a quarterback goes. Uh, maybe like Jimmy Garoppolo, but again, it's just how much better are any one of those guys than Carson Wentz it just doesn't really make too much sense from the Colts point of view and it's not like Washington gave up a whole lot obviously it could turn into a second round pick for them but again the second round pick is not that significant um I just don't really understand it it really just seems like the front office was extremely annoyed with Carson Wentz maybe he's a little bit of the coaching staff and they just really said no matter what we just got to get this guy off our roster. Um, sounds like some Colts players are, are already not excited about the move. Darius Leonard came out and made a very aggressive tweet towards the front office of the Colts. I can't remember the exact phrasing, so I don't want to mess it up. But it was something along the lines of, oh, here we go again. The Colts won't have uh, – or the Colts will have five new quarterbacks in five years or something like that. Um, so – Obviously, a little bit of tension there from one of their best players, if not their best player. I uh, can't, you know, be very good in the locker room. And again, I just don't really understand this move from the Colts' point of view. Uh, and I understand it a lot from Washington because you got you don't got a whole lot to lose. You still have a very high pick in the first round this year, which you can go get an extra receiver like a Drake London for Carson Wentz. So going to be very interesting to see how it plays out there. And of course, the NFC East is a fairly weak division. So can Carson Wentz bring over the top? Can he limit some of the mistakes that we saw last year and in the past couple years? And, 
yeah, I mean, that's basically all I have to say about it. Don't really get it from the Colts' point of view. Get it from Washington's point of view at all. And can Carson Wentz elevate his game? Next up, Mike Williams signed a three-year, $60 million deal. This makes him the fourth highest paid receiver in the league, tied with Amari Cooper, I believe it was. This, I personally think, this is not the direction I think the Chargers wanted to go. Obviously, I'm not hearing any inside information or anything like that. I'm just a guy sitting in his bedroom doing a podcast. Um, (laughs) But I really think that they wanted to see more from Josh Palmer his rookie year maybe even draft another one, another receiver this year and then let, let Mike walk. It would have been the much cheaper option and they would have had even more cap space than they already do, which is you know the second or third most in the league to go after a bunch of free agents, uh, which I, again, I still think they will do. I still think that they're in the sweepstakes for a guy like JC Jackson, like Hassan Reddick, like Bobby Wagner, like I was talking about earlier. But regardless, he was very dynamic for their offense last year in his breakout season. Um, they have a lot of cap space, so it's, it's not a bad move by any means. I'm not saying that I just, it's not really what I think they wanted to do before the year started. But again, I don't think it's that big of a deal to them because they're not paying Justin Herbert yet. They have all this cap space and he was a very, very important part of their offense, especially because Joshua Palmer maybe didn't step up the way they hoped he would. Uh, let's connect this to the next piece of news because I've been talking about this guy a lot. Bobby Wagner obviously got released. I'm really surprised they didn't at least try to trade him. I mean, they could have gotten something for him. I really think this guy is not going to be on the market for too long. I think there's a bunch of teams that would love to have Bobby on their team. Uh, the Chargers, again, could be one of them. Uh, not the great fit, schemat- not the best fit schematically, excuse me. I think Denver's a better fit there. But, I mean, he can still stop the run pretty well, which is exactly what the Chargers need. He's still a very, very, very established veteran. Um, you know, done so much in this league. All the all-pro honors, all the Pro Bowl nods. Pro Bowl nods, excuse me. Um, I don't see why a lot of teams wouldn't want that. And, again, other than that, what if he reunited with Russ in Denver? As I already just said, maybe he goes to the Eagles. There's a lot of talks that the Eagles are going to draft a linebacker in the first round this year, which you know they haven't done in forever. Um, so maybe they go after a guy like Bobby Wagner instead, focus some of their other assets elsewhere in the draft. Other than that, Chris Godwin got franchise tagged. Again, this makes sense. Still an appealing place for a QB. Would have loved to see Aaron Rodgers there, but no, whatever. NFC South still blows. Uh, Buccaneers are still probably the most talented roster in that division. Could Jordan Love head there? I really like the idea of that. I really like the Bucs. Um, I think they obviously Aaron Rodgers would have been their first choice now that that's not going on. Arians has shown some success in developing young quarterbacks before, not so much as of recently with Jameis Winston, but before that, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer. Um, could he do something similar with Jordan Love? There's a ton of talent on that offense. There's a ton of talent on that team, period. Uh, wouldn't hate that move one bit. Devontae Adams got tagged. Um, I think they're going to find a way to do a long-term extension to keep Rodgers satisfied. I really think as long as Devontae's, or excuse me, as long as Rodgers is there, they're going to do everything in their power to keep Devontae there. Not, again, not too surprising here. They don't have that much cap. Um, 
don't have too many resources to make a long-term deal right now. So the fact that they franchise tagged him is not surprising at all. Jesse Bates got franchise tagged. I really, really wanted this one to turn into a long-term extension for the Bengals' sake, simply because I think he's so worth it. He's so valuable to that defense. He's so underrated. People don't realize how good this guy is. And he would take this defense as a whole would take a serious step backwards if he left. I really wanted them to get a long-term deal with him gone. Or excuse me, done, because you don't want to risk him walking away. You don't want to risk him being gone. And I, he deserves it. That that's <laughs> I don't know what else to say. He deserves it. That team would not be the same without him. And he's a very, very, very damn good football player that you don't want to let him walk. Um, obviously, he's still going to be there next year with the franchise tag. But just kind of surprised I didn't get a long-term deal done. Harold Landry signed an extension. I believe it was... Oh, man, I don't have the details right now. Um it was something very expensive. I'm actually just going to look it up right now because I should have done this earlier, but it's okay. He is getting paid five-year, $87.5 million. You know, that's really not that much in perspective. How many oh – wait, i got to do some math now. I really should have done this before. Sorry, guys. 87.5 divided by five, $17.5 million per year. He's worth every penny of that. He really is. I mean – he was extremely, extremely good for that defense last year. He's only 25 years old. Uh, he hasn't even necessarily reached his ceiling yet. And <clears throat> you can argue that some of his production came off other people's work, came off other people's dirty work, like D'Amico Autry, like, you know, big Jeffrey Simmons, who's about to get a bag himself. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with all those guys because like I just mentioned, Jeffrey is going to get paid. They're already paying Bud Dupree an ex absurd amount of money for his just very mediocre play last year. Um, but again, I think he's completely worth it here. But this D-line can get very expensive very quickly, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, especially if they're you know wanting to upgrade a quarterback. It's not seeming very likely anymore with some of the top guys gone and them not having a very good draft spot. Uh, I think they just stick with Tannehill last year, trying to improve this offensive line in front of them. And, you know, they're just going to keep playing the way they've been playing. Uh, and it's it's a sound way to play. You know, they build up their offensive line and they just get a bunch of big-ass dudes on defense that can beat you the hell up. And, you know, that's how you win football games. Everything starts at the trenches, in my opinion. If you have a good offensive line, if you have a good defensive line, you're going to win a bunch of football games. And that's exactly what the Tennessee Titans are all about. So not surprised at all here that they signed Harold Landry to a long-term extension. How much time are we at in this pod? We're at 22 minutes. Let's – yeah, fuck it. Let's go through my entire mock draft. Um, I'm hopefully not going to rant too much on this. I'm just going to try and – knock it off fairly quickly i'll spend a little more time in the top 10 i'll spend less and less like as i go on uh so number one i'm buying into it um i really really do think that they could go aiden hutchinson here and i would not be opposed to that move at all you've got your cornerstone on offense and trevor lawrence you got your cornerstone on defense in aiden hutchinson but i'm not going to go that direction i'm going to have him take evan neal who I think is the most complete tackle in this draft process. I think there are guys with maybe a little bit higher ceilings. Uh, I think Aquanu has a very, very high ceiling. Uh, but just as an overall prospect, as you know, he can do everything. He's he's not just a pass blocker. He's not just a run blocker. Um, Iki Aquanu is more of a run blocker. Charles Cross is more of a pass block pass blocker. Excuse me. Uh, Evan Neal's a good mix of both. Very, very clean tape. Very solid for Alabama. 
um, the whole time he was there. And again, just a lot of people are agreeing with this thought right now. Would not be opposed if they took Aiden Hutchinson, but I have him taken Evan Neal. Number two, again, not too much to say here. The, they desperately need pass rush. Uh, I have him taking Aiden Hutchinson. That's, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is, is Aiden Hutchinson. He's a blue-collar player. He's going to be a surefire, you know, he's 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 a safe pick and they need pass rush so it's a good fit there at number three i have icky aquanu my number two tackle in this year's class going to the houston texans um davis mills played surprisingly well last year get him some protection up up front uh icky aquanu can be there for a very very long time very solid player again just like i said if you want to win a lot of football games you need to beat people up at the lines of scrimmage that's exactly what icky aquanu can do for you Number four, I have Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Jets. Um, again, Jets need pass rush. You want to be, win football games, you start at the defensive defensive and offensive line. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau really impressed me as combine between his interviews. He didn't do too many workouts. Uh, I think he bench pressed like 29 times. Regardless, we know who Kayvon Thibodeau is. He's Maybe not the highest motor guy, but he's got a ton of pass rush moves. He's got all the physical tools in the world. And I think this would be a very good fit for him on this Robert Sala defense. Number five, I have Charles Cross going to the New York Giants. Uh, same deal. Same deal. This class is full of edge rushers. It is full of tackles. And they're very, very damn good. And there's a bunch of teams that especially on the upper half of the draft need players exactly like that. There's a reason why they're picking this high. Um, it's because they don't have edge rushers. It's because they don't have an offensive line. A lot of these people, people, a lot of these teams already have their franchise quarterbacks. So not too many quarterbacks going early here. Um, a lot of these teams want to build around their young franchise quarterbacks, you know, um, and there's just not too many great quarterbacks in this year's draft. I think the one team in the top five that could take a quarterback is Detroit. But again, it's just, do you want to take Aiden Hutchinson, who's basically a surefire hit, or at least, you know, his floor is essentially like a 10 and a half sack guy, right? Um, maybe nine and a half his rookie or something like that. Or do you want to take Malik Willis at number two and potentially, you know, not develop him all the way and have him be a draft bust? I just think it's a much safer pick to take Hutchinson. So again, the Giants have their guy in Daniel Jones. Charles Cross is already proven he can pass protect in the college level. I think it'll translate pretty well to the NFL level, and it's going to be a good fit there with a Giants team that needs offensive line help desperately. Number six, this is where I have my first quarterback being taken. Um, I hope the Panthers don't just do some, you know, basic boring shit like Sauce Gardner. Not that that's a bad pick. I think Sauce is an absolute amazing player. Um, there's a few other guys like Kyle Hamilton that I think would be a great fit here. Again, don't get me wrong. They're great players, but the Panthers just need a quarterback and they don't necessarily need him to be good immediately. So that's why I have him taking Malik Willis, who in my opinion is the QB one of this draft class. Um, maybe he's not the most refined of it all, but he has the best tools. Um, I think he has the highest ceiling and I like him going number six to the Panthers here. Number seven, the Giants are back up on the board. This is where I have Ahmad Sauce Gardner going. He, again, my my cornerback one, he impressed me extremely at the combine. I did not think he was going to run that fast at the size that he is. Um, he has great ball skills. He Everyone knows he didn't allow a touchdown his entire collegiate career. Um, he's just a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal prospect. And with the Giants, you know, 
moving off James Bradbury next year, possibly his contract is up. I think it'd be a great fit for them and a very valuable position and a very, very, very damn good player. At number eight, I have Traylon Burks, my first receiver going off the board to Atlanta. Uh, there are some uh, some receivers that maybe are better than Burks, but as a fit, I really like this fit with him in Atlanta. Arthur Smith is obviously the head coach there. Where was he before that? He was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee. Who is Traylon Burks being compared to? A.J. Brown. So it just feels like a really good fit to me. Traylon Burks, in addition, he is a fucking freak athlete. He ran a 4-5 flat. Um, people were you know, kind of saying like this and that about it. That is absolutely absurd for his size, for his strength. Um, he's been you know, saying he's been watching a lot of film on Debo Samuel. Uh, and I can kind of see that he's a great after the catch receiver. Um, he's a lot faster than you think he's big and strong and he's going to be this AJ Brown for this team's offense, especially with Calvin Ridley being suspended for the entirety of the 22, 2022 season. They need weapons more than ever. So Traylon Burks, number eight, um, pair him with Kyle Pitts for Matt Ryan to play along with. That should be pretty fun to watch next. I have, and this is where the slip stops for Kyle Hamilton. Seattle is taking Kyle Hamilton number nine overall. They could definitely quit quarterback here. They could definitely go quarterback with Russell Wilson being out of town. Um, and I wouldn't, be, I guess I wouldn't be too opposed to that. They'd probably end up going, uh, Kenny Pickett, I guess maybe Matt Corral, maybe even Desmond Ritter. Cause he tested very, very well at the combine, but I just don't as a, again, as a prospects, Kyle Hamilton is just so much of a better prospect and you can pair him with Jamal Adams um, and have a very good safety tandem for a long time to come that I think it's just a much safer pick here. Again, it's a far less valuable pick. If you hit on a quarterback here, it's, you know, your franchise for the next however many years. Um, But I just don't really see many of these guys um, being franchise quarterbacks after Malik Willis. I mean, situation is everything and seattle just for me doesn't have the situation to really elevate and produce a franchise quarterback at least from this draft class um they're gonna have a pretty high pick next year i think next year is the year you come back and turn around and try and get one of these quarterbacks number 10 i have garrett wilson going to the new york jets i really like this pick um just another weapon for zach wilson to play around with uh garrett wilson tested extremely well at the combine he is plays a lot bigger than his size. He does have some uncharacteristic drops on tape, but he reminds me a lot of CeeDee Lamb coming out of Oklahoma. Um, and you could argue he's even maybe a better route runner than that. And he's faster than CeeDee Lamb. So again, very good prospect. Um, get your young quarterback more weapons to play with. And if you're the Jets, I think you have to be extremely excited walking away from this draft with Kayvon Thibodeau and Garrett Wilson in the first round. Number 11, I already spoiled this one for you earlier, so I'm not going to get into it. Drake London going to the Washington Commanders. Again, just a big body receiver that I think would synergize very well with Carson Wentz's skill set. Not going to get into it too much there. At number 12, I considered a lot of people going here at number 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. I considered um, Derek Stingley. I considered uh, Jermaine Johnson. I considered even someone like uh, who was, who was, who else? I mean, that's kind of it. But I have him taking Trayvon Walker here. Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Minnesota. Um, or excuse me, not from Minnesota, from Georgia. 
Uh, I really like this fit because I think he can learn pass rush moves from Daniel Hunter. Uh, we've already seen he can stop the run very well, and he's very versatile. I think that pairs very nicely with the rest of the what they've got going on in that defense there. Um, wow, I just noticed something. I don't have Derek Stingley going in this draft. I fucked up. Well, I'll have to fix that later. That's all right. Maybe I'll have him go to like, ah, oh, shit, I fucked up. Maybe I should have had Derek Stingley going here. I just realized you ever, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever made a mock draft, but they're a lot harder than you think. And then you realize you forget players and you're like, holy fuck. Cause yeah, I literally completely forgot Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley is like not even in this draft and he is most definitely going in the first round. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably take him here. <laughs> I'd probably take him here over Trayvon Walker and just like push everybody a little bit down. So, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's my show. I'll do what the fuck I want. I'll just say Trayvon Walker or Derek Stingley. Both would be great fits here. Minnesota needs corners. Patrick Peterson's walking away. Um, not from the sport. He's just, he's a free agent. Um, and they, other than that, their corners have been very, very subpar. So I think Derek Stingley would be a good fit here. Let's just call it Derek Stingley instead of Trayvon Walker. Moving on because I fucked up. Uh, number 13, I have Johan Dotson. This is a little bit of a reach for him, but because of the run I already had on receivers, he's the next best guy on the board. Cleveland desperately needs receivers, and I think they go Johan Dotson, who's a very polished route runner um, and going to be fairly NFL-ready, in my opinion. 14, I have Tyler Linderbaum going to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is another like slash because... I, this is I, I realized that I forgot Linderbaum after the fact. Um, didn't realize Stingley until just now. But regardless, I originally had George Karloftis going here, and I would still love this move. Um, I think both of these guys would be great fits. Uh, the Ravens they like to build up their trenches. I think Tyler Linderbaum would be an absolute great fit. Uh, they need a little more help on the offensive line. He has center and guard versatility. Uh, and again, Karloftis would be a good fit here too because it sounds like Khalil – or Khalil. sounds like uh, Calais Campbell is going to be walking away. Um, and they're always looking for more edge rushers there. That's just kind of how they work at the Ravens there. And um, Karloftis is an absolute fucking beast. He's being overlooked extremely in my opinion, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with how productive he is. Number 15, I have the Eagles taking – well, I guess if Karloftis was here instead of Linderbaum, I'd probably have him taking Karloftis, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, to, oh, I guess they have back-to-back -back picks, so fuck. I need to shut up. I'm overthinking everything. Just ignore me. Number 15, I've got them taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, out of Utah. I think that would be an excellent move for him. Uh, he is an extremely, extremely good talent, in my opinion. I think he's a little bit better than Dean uh, out of Georgia. I just think he's more fluid he's a little more versatile um and he's bigger so they're very similar they're one a and one b to me it doesn't particularly matter i just think that lloyd is a little more safe i guess i think he has a little bit higher of a ceiling and a higher of a floor um but again it's just so close both of these talents are incredible um i just like lloyd's size a little more and i think that lloyd one thing that people don't really appreciate about lloyd is that Dean had so much talent to work with on that Georgia defense that he wasn't he there was so much space created for him because of the talent around him. Devin Lloyd was on a defense in Utah that wasn't, you know, doesn't have a ton of NFL talent and he absolutely shined. So I think that's very important to me. Number 16, this is where I have George Karloftis going to the Eagles. Um 
I, I mean, the Eagles can are one of those teams. They've just got so many picks and they've got a bunch of positions they can fill out that I, I just think this is this just makes sense. George Karloftis is again just so damn good, and you can always use more edge rushers. So George Karloftis, the Eagles, number sixteen, number seventeen. This is where I have Jordan Davis stop stopping his pitfall. Um, go into the Los Angeles Chargers. This would be a match made in heaven, in my opinion, for the Chargers because it would free up Joey Bosa. He's very effective at stopping the run, which is exactly what the Chargers need to address in this offseason. And it would just free up their whole defense in a lot of different ways. He's just such a huge space eater. And he can, you know, he's proven he can push guys around. Uh, He tested extremely well at the Combine. So maybe he's going to go higher than this. But again, this is just such a perfect fit. I had to put it here. And I like a lot of the other fits above it. So in a lot of ways, it still makes sense to me. Number 18, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Kenny Pickett, the second quarterback off the board. Um, This is just, I feel like this is kind of a no-brainer. If he's there, I feel like they have to take, I feel like regardless of what quarterback is there, they just have to take quarterback because... What are they going to do? I don't think they want Jameis Winston back. Um, even if they do, even if they sign Jameis Winston back, I would still take a quarterback here because what's the harm? You you have there's still a very good roster in my opinion. Um, and you don't necessarily want to be paying the quarterback the big bucks because they're so up against the cap and they're going to be so up against the cap for the next couple of years. I think Kenny Pickett would just be a good fit here. And of course, they don't really have a franchise quarterback right now. So that helps. Number 19, the Eagles are back up on the board for their third pick in the last five picks. I have them taking Jamison Williams, the speedster out of Alabama, pair him with his old teammate there in Devontae Smith. Um, uh, there's a lot of reasons why I like this. The Eagles need more weapons uh, to help develop Jalen Hurts. I would also not be opposed to them. If they didn't take Karloftis earlier, I would not be opposed to them taking David Ojabo here, who still isn't off my board. Um but I just like James Jameson Williams a lot. I think Devontae Smith and him, you know, complement each other very well. They, um, he's his speed is absolutely game breaking, and he is going to be back uh, a couple weeks into the season, if not before the season. So that doesn't really concern me. And again, I just think you want to help out your own quarterback here in Jalen Hurts. So I have him taking Jameson Williams, number twenty. I have Desmond Ritter going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Desmond Ritter tested a lot better than i thought he would at the combine i think he's going to put a lot of people on notice because of that um i think i mean honestly it's kind of like after malik willis all these quarterbacks kind of just blend in together i don't really think that there's one that particularly stands out as as a number two i don't think there's one that particularly stands out as a number three etc etc it's just kind of like picking your flavor and in my opinion, this is the flavor, I guess, that Pittsburgh is going to be looking for. Uh, he's got all the tools in the book. He's a little raw, um, has too many turnovers, especially in the form of fumbles during his collegiate career. But I think Mike Tomlin likes what he sees on film. Uh, there's still a lot of receivers to play with on this roster between Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Pratt Firemuth, upcoming tight end. Uh, Najee Harris is clearly still there. So... Maybe they get a guy like Kenyon Green here and go after someone like Mariota, someone like Garoppolo, someone like that. But I really just think there's a new era here in the Steel City, and I think they take Desmond Ritter here at number 20. At number 21, I have the Patriots taking Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson. Um, It sounds like J.C. Jackson is going to walk, 
which I'm extremely surprised about. And I think it's pretty stupid of the Patriots to let him do, but it's Bill Belichick. I can't, you know, I can't really argue. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Uh, Patriots love corners. They love developing young corners. Andrew Booth seems like a Patriots type cornerback at six foot, 200 pounds can pretty much play all over the field. And I think he's a very good fit there. 22. I have Chris Olave going to the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. I would not be surprised if he goes earlier than this, but uh, like I was mentioning earlier, the Raiders have a lot of firepower to keep up with in their division. I think Chris Olave would be a very good fit with Derek Carr and a very good replacement for Henry Ruggs because they're very similar type receivers. Number 23, this is where I have Nicobe Dean going to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals just cut Jordan Hicks. And I think Nicobe Dean would be a very good replacement for him to pair with Isaiah Simmons there. They're very different type linebackers, and I think they'd complement each other very well on that defense. Number 24, this is another interesting pick because I think there's a couple different directions they could go with it. This is Dallas's pick. I have him taking Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher out of Florida State, I believe it is. This is definitely where David Ojabo could go as well. Um, and just have other players there like Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons teach him some pass rush moves and really clean him up. But I just think Jermaine is so much more ready to play now. And I think that Dallas is so much more ready to win now that Jermaine is just a very good fit for him. This guy is someone who wasn't on too many people's radars. And then he just absolutely fucking killed everybody at the senior bowl. Um, It'd be a very good player for Dallas to have. It's sounding like Dallas wants to move on from Demarcus Lawrence. So that's why I think this would be a very good fit. If they don't end up moving on from Demarcus Lawrence, um, there's a lot of different things they could do here. I could see him taking a guy like Kenyon Green, uh, who's not off the board yet and has tackle and guard versatility because, again, Cowboys, one of those teams, love to draft, loves to draft offensive line. I could see them uh, adding a guy like Sky Moore, the receiver out of, uh, Western Michigan. Is that where he's from? I don't remember. I love Sky Moore though. He's a fucking beast. Um, I could see them doing something like that because there, it sounds like there's some receivers are moving on slash getting cut like Amari Cooper. Um, regardless right now from, you know, just off the time of recording this, which is March 9th, a Wednesday, I have him taking Jermaine Johnson. Number 25, I have Roger McCurry. I hope I'm saying that guy's name right. He's a cornerback from Auburn going to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's very hard to like picture who they're going to be taking because Buffalo's a team that just doesn't have a whole lot of holes. Um, but I think if there is one hole in their roster, opposite of uh, why am I forgetting his name? Opposite of Tredavious White. Obviously, they have Levi Wallace, who was solid, but you could always use more cornerbacks, especially in the AFC, um, facing all those teams that just air the shit out of the ball. Um, you're going to be facing Mahomes a lot. You're going to be facing Burrow. You're going to be facing now Russell Wilson, uh, the Chargers, air the ball out. Just all these teams in the AFC just you know, have a bunch of gunslingers out there playing quarterback. So I think this would be a very good fit for Roger McCurry and the Buffalo Bills. Number 26, this is where I have Kenyon Green going, a guy I've mentioned a couple times already, uh, to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, again, another team that's kind of hard to pick out what they need, but one very clear and obvious thing, I mean, maybe outside of quarterback, if you want to argue that, is offensive line. Their offensive line was pretty goddamn bad last year. Kenyon Green's got a lot of versatility on there. He's a very solid player, and I like the fit there with Tennessee. 27, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Matt Corral, quarterback out of Ole Miss. Again, it's like splitting hairs here. You could argue that they should take Howell with this pick. 
Uh, you could argue who else is still on my board. You, I mean, Ritter and Pickett are gone. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically it's who you like more. Do you like Howell more? Do you like Corral more? I think I like Corral a little more. I don't like that he's a little undersized. That does make me nervous, and he already has a little bit of an injury history. Um, from that perspective, I guess I like Howell more. But I don't know. I just there's something about Howell that I don't like. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. He did end up changing offenses in college, and he lost a ton of NFL talent. Uh, in his second year as a starter. Ooh, excuse me, fuck. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, 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 it, again, it's like splitting hairs. I need to watch more of the film. I need to get more into it. I just think right now I like Corral a little bit more. Number 28, a guy I already mentioned. I have the Green Bay Packers taking Sky Moore. Absolute stud. He has everything you need in a receiver. As I already mentioned earlier, I think that Rodgers is going to have a lot more say in the personnel decisions. I think that, well, he's not going to fucking, you know, go up and demand that they draft Sky Moore. I think that he's simply going to, yeah, I mean, not Sky Moore in particular. I think he's sim- going to demand that they draft receiver is what I'm trying to say. And Sky Moore is the best receiver left on the board. So I have him taking Sky Moore at 28. Number 29, I have the Miami Dolphins taking Trevor Penning, the tackle out of Northern Iowa. I want to say that could be wrong. Uh, don't know too much about this guy. I know a lot of people are very high on him. Um, he's, it's a loaded tackle class. Miami needs help on the offensive line. And I think that could be a good fit. Again, if Kenyon greens here, that could be another great fit because they need more. So interior offensive lineman, I know Trevor Pinion's more of a tackle, but it's not like Austin Jackson played very good last year. He could easily just come in there and replace him. Number 30, I have Jalen Petrie, the speedy safety out of Baylor going to the Kansas city chiefs. Again, Kansas City is one of these teams. It's kind of hard. You're nitpicking once you really, you know, trying to figure out what they need on their roster because it's a very good roster. Um, but I think someone to replace Daniel Sorensen in the secondary, someone like Jalen Petrie would be a very good fit. He could be an immediate contributor, has all the speed in the world, and I really like that fit there. Number 31, I have the Cincinnati Bagels taking tackle Tyler Smith. Um, I believe he's like a tackle guard. Again, don't know too much about this guy. I just know that a lot of people are very high on him. Um, Bengals need offensive line. No surprise though that they take Tyler Smith, the best offensive lineman left on the board. Number 32, this is where I have the slide stopping for David Ojabo. Um, and I could easily see this guy going to like a Tennessee, to a, uh, you know, honestly, Tennessee would be a pretty damn good fit. But, um, I don't know. There's always one player that you don't expect to slide the way they did. Um, and Detroit, they could just pa- – like they, they need pass rush. They need a ton of pass rush. They could just te- pair up these old teammates, uh, staying in the state of Michigan between Hutchinson and Ojabo, and that would be very fun to watch on the next level. So, yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Hopefully that mock draft wasn't too long. Only spent, God damn it, 24 minutes spent talking about it. Either way, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you listened all the way to the end, I appreciate the hell out of you. I hope you guys are excited that Professional Sports Talk is back. I will likely be coming out with an episode next Wednesday. I'll, let you, I'll keep you guys updated on what's going on with that. Uh, regardless, I appreciate the hell out of you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening and peace out.